2: And six, Mac Jones takes the snap out of the shotgun. Saints bring four and Carl grabs The ball's picked off. That's Tyree Matthew, 15 10. He will walk into the end zone. Pick six for the Saints. That's how you do it. Don't wait on your offense, let the defense do it. That is the third pick six for Mac Jones, and this is week five. You heard those boos. Oh,
3: yeah. And we're back on inside black and gold. Those boos were like, I would argue that the boos in Gillette yesterday on Sunday were louder than any cheer that I heard throughout that game. Uh, Like they were, they're, they're fed up. And I, and they have every right to be. They're teams one and four and they look listless. They look like they have no, you know, and like you can look past a lot of the, Awkward and mistaken draft selections when you're Ooh. when you have Tom Brady and you're and you're, r- you're rolling every year and you just figure it out. You know, that Bill Belichick hasn't drafted well in a while and you've missed on a lot of draft picks and you've made some yeah. off the wall selections. The Saints were in a similar boat with Sean Payton. Like when they're winning, you got Drew Brees and you get everything figured out, you can look past some of these weird draft picks, right? But when you're bad, like man, this is where you're supposed to be getting your reinforcements from. What happened? And it's not his fault they lost Christian Gonzalez, he had been playing well. But uh, yeah, anyway, this is the stock up segment of this program. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. And, uh, you know, the stock is, I don't know if it can get any lower on the Patriots, but for the Saints, this is going to be primarily about the offense. That's why I played a defensive clip at the top, because uh, we're going to talk mostly offense in this, in this segment, because, you know, I think, uh, you know, they deserve some praise. And the first guy that, that I want to I highlight, and, you know, he's just, at, at this point, he's just the guy who goes out there and delivers every week. He's had four catches and 50 yards minimum in every game this season. And the most important stat is five for five, which is five games played in five opportunities, has not appeared on the injury report once. That is Michael Thomas. I said early in the season, you know, just having him out there is is confidence inspiring for this team. He and Alvin Kamara are both becoming the more vocal leaders of this team. He stood up in the locker room after that week four loss and said, you know, this is not, What we do here, don't get used to this, and so that needs to continue. And you know, it's it's a lot easier to be that vocal leader when you instill confidence in the your teammates that you're going to be out there every week. Um, And so far, to me, you know what you've seen from him and kind of the selfless way that he's going about his job and telling Derek Cards, like, no, you can you can lead me into a hit, I can take it. I'm a big dude. Like uh, you know, like that hit he took over the middle where he yes. just got up and just jogged to the sideline. He was hurting. You could you knew he was hurting after that hit, but he caught the ball, got the first down, went, got to the sideline, then kind of ducked and you know, hit behind people. But you know, that's the type of stuff that you you can't replicate that. That is just lead by example good play good football and this team is only going to get better and better as he and Derek Carr develop that chemistry
2: yeah with Mike T you mentioned on that play I was kind of wincing and going oh please be all right please all right and yeah he was able to absorb that and and still be okay in the game but yeah anything with Mike you're worried about any kind of setback he might have after the injury history but knock on wood everything has been going uh, I think as planned this season obviously you want to see him get into the end zone but a consistent Presence every single game. You mentioned, uh, what is it, four or five catches at least in every game for 50 yards? He's got a, his floor so far has been
3: four catches, 50 yards. Um, And every game he's had at least four catches and at least 50 yards receiving. Now he hasn't had a huge game yet. I keep waiting for that kind of 10 catch, 120 yard breakout where he gets in the end zone and he's unguardable. You've seen flashes of it. You know, I think you need a game where Chris Olave you know breaks a couple plays and they have to adjust and he's able to just feast over the middle of the field. And you know I think too you know he's also at a point in his career I think where he's not going to get worked up about the numbers. Right? Like that's one thing that I think you can say positively about this Saints team is there's no one on it that is just trying to rack up stats, right? Like everyone's perfectly fine with a limited stat line as long as the team wins. Right. And that's what you've seen thus far. I mean, Derek Carr had less than 200 yards passing. And he, I think he was very happy with with how things went. Like, it's not like he's like, oh, man, that just looks bad for me. It was just, yeah, you know, we got the job done. And, you know, if you can do that, if you can and, and not just say that, if you can actually do that and believe that, that's a good thing for a football team. So, you know, I, I just think, you know, what we've seen from Mike has been really positive. And this is what he had to say about kind of that development with, with Derek Carr, because I think you know, we took it for granted all those years with Drew Brees, just how easy it was. But it's like that's not that's not something that just showed up like that. That was reps and that was time spent on task. And uh, this is what this is what he had to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's it should always be pitch and catch between me and him. Uh, you know, I had to say it like, but when I was with Drew, that's all we did. Um, You know, pitch and catch, fine open throws, nonverbal communication, talk after every play. So we're building that and um, holding
3: each other to a high standard. With a guy like Mike, it's a lot of its timing. It's a lot of its understanding where he's going to be because you know that if you get it to him at the right time, he's going to fight. He's going to beat anybody. But you got you to gotta know. You got you to gotta have that anticipation with him because he's not going to be blowing the top off the defense. He's not going to be creating eight yards of separation. He's going to be creating space in a phone booth, and you got to know where to fit the ball in. And you know, I think what you heard from Derek and Mike after this game is there's a little more nonverbal communication. There's a couple of plays where we just gave him a hand signal, and he knew exactly what he was going to do. It was stuff they didn't even rep in practice, and they just got it done. So to me, that's st- my stock. You know, if you were, it, Your stock was only down on Mike Thomas if you were thinking he can't get through a season. And through five games, I think what you've seen is, you know, that that durability that,
2: you know, he displayed early in his career. We're starting to see it again. That's definitely the biggest one, man. I I think we talked about it a ton and it was like uh, for me definitely was like, can Mike T even last double digit games this season? What are what are we going to see from him? Because, yeah, I'm pretty confident in the guy's abilities, um, the strong hands, the ability to make that catch in traffic you said, to he, obviously he's not a burner. He's not going to blow the top off at anybody, but if you're able to get the ball to him, you know he's going to secure the target. And, yeah, just like I said, a consistent uh, force every game as long as you're showing up and and not, you know, being a non-factor in, in the category. I know we'll get to some of the guys probably in the, the stock down segment, but, you know, you just have some questions for some names in this offense of how do they fit in. Yeah,
3: and I agree with that. You know, and so we can we can move on from there. You know, the next guy that I is in my stock up category is uh, Kendra Miller, um, and I was able to catch up with Kendra after the game, and so here's that interview.
1: How do you think today went? Uh, should I feel like we came out and, you know, did our job? Everybody just, you know, stayed patient even though we done lost the past two and, uh, you know, finally came out and, and did our job and everybody just was on the same page today. Yeah, we kept, kept hearing all week, you know, it seems close where just the small things, you got to clean stuff up. Is this kind
3: of the performance you you felt like was in there?
1: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, I feel like this is the, the team we are. You know, i seen our training camp, uh, the type of team we were. So, you know, just to come out here and to dominate, uh, you know, that's, that's the type of team I feel feel like we are so you know I feel like we we can dominate any opponent. We just go out there and practice uh every week like you know it's week one.
3: Catching you know obviously it was just you and Alvin active today, obviously Taysom him as a role there too, but does that you know kind of to you just that confidence that they have in you to be kind of that RB 2 Uh
1: yeah you know uh you know all we uh after last week you know I was kinda you know rotating in third and you know this week they they told me you know I'm gonna get more carries. Uh I think it most definitely shows the confidence because, you know, they tell me all the time, you know, they ain't draft me for any, for no reason. So, uh, obviously they feel like I can come in here and make an impact, so uh, I just, you know, appreciate them for the confidence in me. The other thing that stood out to me
3: was, you know, the screen game. It got a couple of those going. I feel like that's the part of the offense that has not necessarily been
1: huge to this point. How have you, you know, how do you kind of feel that works for you in, in the screen game? Yeah, so it, it really just takes, you know, one one play, one, one person to make a play to, to uh, make that mark and then just set the tone for the rest of the the, the team, uh, as far as you know, the screen game. You get one screen going, and you know uh, teams will start playing them more. Uh, you know the blocks were, you know, perfect on it. You know we just gotta keep keep running it. You know one of them, one of them gonna pop for a touchdown. And just last question. You know, there's been some questions about play calling and,
3: you know, creativity and just establishing the run and, and imposing your will. How do, you, how do you think that all went today? It felt
1: like the, the offense as a whole really kind of got on a roll, uh, especially in the second. Yeah, most definitely. You know, uh, you're know, you running the ball. It, it opens up everything. You know, I feel like, you know, uh, Pete, he told us we were going to come out and run the ball today. And, you know, we ran the ball well. And, you know, that opened up opportunities for everybody else. And, you know, everybody got love today. So, you know, it was just fun to be able to out there And and play with everybody. Appreciate it. Congrats on the win, man.
3: When you make that decision to waive Tony Jones and go into this game with just Alvin and Kendra, to me, that's a sign of like major confidence and trust. And a guy who's only, you know, they're in week five, but he missed the first two games. So this is his third career game. And you're not only giving him a role, you're saying, no, you're the guy. If Alvin went down with an injury, God forbid, he would have been the the lead running back. And Taysom Hill's obviously in that conversation as well. But you know, he he caught passes, he caught a screen, that check down that he caught for 33 yards. You know, that's just him being aware and getting to the right spot where he's supposed to be, making a nice hands catch. It wasn't a perfect throw. He went and got it. And then he made a guy miss downfield and suddenly you're in business and that type of off schedule playmaking is just something we haven't seen through the first four weeks. So to me, that was one of the more encouraging plays and it was just a check down. It was just the offense working. And so to have him in there and to be able to trust him in those situations, you know, and Derek Carr talked about it. Like he's just a very mature veteran or a very mature player for a rookie. Um, And like, he's in the huddle. He doesn't, Derek doesn't have to constantly be, you know, reminding him what to do, reminding him to go fast, to play fast. And he's only going to keep getting better. And so to me, like, you know, I, I was wondering how long it was going to take for them to kind of unleash Kendra in this offense. And I think you're getting there. And, you know, it's around the same... It's on the same general timeline as as when you had Alvin in his rookie season. And you had Mark as kind of that bell cow. And you were just trying to, you know, test the limits of what you can do with Alvin. And I think you're in that same area with Kendra right now. And it's really nice to have a guy you trust, a young player that benefits from reps that you can put in in the fourth quarter, of especially if a game like that, and just get him 12 carries. It was a career-high carries, career-high rushing yard, career-high catches, career-high receiving yards. Um, so to me, that was just a great, great day for him.
2: Yeah, definitely what stood out, the, the rushing numbers, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. And then you see four targets, four receptions, and I was like, oh, hello, hello there. Uh, something, yards, yeah. yeah, something that, you know, everyone talked about. He really wasn't asked to do that at TCU, but he does have that ability as well. We we saw that on display definitely in this game, and I, I love the fact that he is getting these reps right now. Obviously, a guy like Jamal Williams is still uh, on IR, and it might be one of those blessings, I guess you could say, at this point, that he's able to absorb more of those uh, reps instead of having to share that split time with Jamal. And, yeah, like you said, too, ton of confidence for them to be able to say, sorry, Tony, we appreciate what you've done, but we're going to let you go and you know lean on, uh, the rookie more and yeah I'm I'm all about it because I, I want to see more of what Kendra Miller to do One of, was one of those draft picks was excited about because of that big breakaway ability that he definitely has
3: yeah and I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if you yeah I think you're going to keep Tony around either if it's on the practice squad or you do right. bring him back to the active roster just if the numbers make more sense this week you had to make stuff work at safety you called up Daniel Sorensen and Jonathan Abram Jonathan Abram Uh, had a really nice stop on Mike Gasecki that forced that field goal that missed. Um, You know, so like he's a guy like these guys coming up off the practice squad, making plays, you know, so it's not it's not over for him, right? He's still going to be a part of this team. And it is going to be, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, Jamal Williams, uh, I think the earliest he can get back. So he went on IR before week three. So three, four, five, six weeks. The earliest he can get back is week seven. After the Jags game, right? yes okay yes and the early and who who knows if he's going to be ready to come back i don't know how significant his hamstring injury is um but either way eventually you're you know a hamstring injury isn't something that you expect to keep you out the rest of the year like at a certain point you're going to be you're going to want to bring him back from injured reserve and you know it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that but for at least two more games kendra is going to be getting a heavy workload so it's good to see that that's not going to be you know it would be really disappointing if he went out there and he made a bunch of dumb rookie errors he fumbled he dropped the pass that sort of thing like you know is he perfect all the time no but we haven't seen anything that makes you question whether you can trust him right, right. and so that to me that's why your stock goes up as a rookie player
2: why isn't he performing like a chan
3: yeah that's a good question i don't know
2: uh, it's know, just unbelievable. Obviously, the dolphins, obviously, are, the, the dolphins are stocked with weaponry. It's ridiculous. Although they did
3: lose to the did lose to the Bills by like what 28. So yeah. anything can happen, man. Anything can happen. Going down the rest, these are these are all kind of honorable mentions, but you know, obviously Alvin, you know, not a it's funny because a ninety seven yard day with a touchdown, it's like, okay, you know, that's 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 the minimum, right? That's what you should get but he did pass Marcus Colston's franchise record. So he ends up on this list for that alone. And he's, he, you know, it's funny. I don't think Alvin really, you know, he cares about it, but it's, I think everyone else cares about it more than he does. He's just, I loved you know, what
2: he said post game. He's like, I was more happy that my teammates were so joyous for me. And I was like, yeah. you know, that, that, I respect that obviously. Yeah. And I mean, like it, it's funny. Cause
3: you know, you go back and it's like, this should have been done a long time ago, right? Like, yeah, I think he got his 71st touchdown against the Raiders in week eight he didn't get another touchdown against the Brown until the Browns game I think that was week 15 or 16. and then so now we're f- five weeks into 2023 and he's finally getting that touchdown so if I'm out Al- like if I'm Alvin I'm like man I need to be getting in the end zone more like I'm kind of yeah. disappointed that it took this long right that, long time that, coming yeah I, I, I that I forced Marcus to have to watch all of these terrible football games just to, <laughs> just to, so he could be ready to send out that tweet Uh, Anyway, I'm sure Marcus will be watching either way. But so so Kamara's on there and, you know, just the consistency. He's willing to run between the tackles and he's good at it. And so, you know, I don't think you want to hammer him between the tackles 20 times a game, but you know you can. And I think being willing to do it is important because you don't want you don't want it to be kind of a tell that when he's on the field, you're not running between the tackles. Uh, So I think that's something. But either way, like I just love the way Alvin has approached the last few weeks.
2: Yeah, and I I was actually surprised in the end of the game when you look at the stats. I thought the Saints as a whole would have had more yards per carry, but I guess it was just more of them sticking with the run that you know stuck in my head. But I I thought they were at least more productive
0: this game, obviously, than they had been in the past on the ground. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
3: Well, the annoying thing is the kneel downs count as rush attempts, so that goes down as three attempts for negative four yards. Um, so if you cut that out and you cut the scrambles out, I think that the the yards per attempt goes up a little bit. Right. You're close to four. Like you're not not perfect, but they also knew you were going to run. Like you were running against a front that was that was trying to stop you from running, and you were still picking up yardage. So you know, I think just the the, the offensive line imposed its will today, and so to me that was that was a positive sign. Yeah. Um and we saw down, I think we saw
2: more of that the the moves that we usually see from Alvin. He was a little more elusive and yeah. you were kind of like, "Oh, you saw those glimpses of oh, there's that guy again."
3: I think he was shaking the rust off a bit in week 4 and you're starting to see him get get back more to that. You know, he had one play where he basically kind of like went to the sideline and then was like, "Nope," and then broke back in field and got like 8 more yards as like six people failed to tackle And was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's Alvin. Right. That's the guy I remember." Never, never looks like he's ever been off balance in his entire life. Okay, next guy, Jordan Howden, rookie safety, played with a club on his left hand. Not really a <laughs> club, but it was like his two fingers were like frozen. and it's like he was pointing, like he was doing permanent finger guns. And, you know, I think for a rookie, I haven't seen him get exposed once. Um, you know, he's taken some rough angles at points. You know, he hasn't gotten his hands on some balls that maybe he could have. He had two passes defensed in this game. You know, I've, I think, you know, you obviously didn't want to have to be without Marcus May for three games, but, you know, down the stretch of this season, the balance of this season as you go forward and you have to bake in accountability for injuries and, you know, if if Marcus goes down or Tyron goes down and you, you have a guy you trust, a rookie is only going to get better and better, these reps are going to be super valuable for him. And so I was glad to see him get back out there with the – even with the finger kind of messing with him. And I think he's been really solid.
2: Definitely an impressive addition in this year's draft class – and you know, I'm thinking about that now. What the heck are they going to do with Marcus May coming back now? Well, I mean, they're, he's going to start. He's going to get back in there. They were really good when he was there. It's not
3: like sure, right? It's not like they've, you know. I think that that's, you know, he he's a bit more of a playmaker. I think he's going to take more chances and than Jordan. He's going to play a little safer as a rookie. And there's points so like event if you leave him out there enough, he's going to get exposed, like eventually, just because it's just inevitable. And that could happen to Marcus too, but. You know he's going to get. Back, I think he's going to kind of shift back into his dime package role. He's going to be more involved in special teams, and you just have a guy that you trust and you can give reps where you need him. Uh, guys get hurt in this league, and you know it's only it's uh, one of the things that's been been annoying me over the past couple of years is you haven't had that. You haven't really had a young safety. It's been like okay, the starters are good, but what happens when you lose one? Ah, right. Daniel Sorensen's in. I don't know. So it's good to see them just have a rookie young player that they can develop at that position behind guy like Tyron Matthew and Marcus man
2: No man, we've yeah, we've talked about a lot the the depth of this secondary mighty impressive for sure. All right, so a couple more. Tyron Matthew just keeps doing his thing. It seems
3: like uh you know, we've gone we've come a long way from when everyone was giving him such a hard time last year. He's washed. Uh, I don't hear I don't hear too many people with the with the he's washed takes anymore. He's just a guy who's always in the right place. This team looks up to him, you know, and so he, I love Tyron. I've I, I feel like I was on the right side of that uh, the that, that that take all along, and uh, so it's good to see him keep keep doing his thing.
2: A steady Eddie, great leader, and just really a a guy when he speaks, that's that calming presence. I feel like. Yep.
3: Uh, next up, Foster Morrow. You know, <laughs> the tight end position is kind of pissing yeah. me off in terms of why aren't they using it? You know, why why aren't they giving guys chances? Today they did give him a couple chances. You know, Foster's a guy who does all the dirty work. He's never going to get credit for a lot of the stuff he does. So it's nice to see them give him that little shovel pass opportunity, basically a Travis Kelsey special in the in the red zone, and it worked. And now that's on tape. And so, just just being able to execute plays like that, I think, is very helpful for an offense just in general because it now forces defenses to account for stuff. That you know, the, the the simpler your offense seems, the easier it is to defend. And so, like now that you have on tape this little shovel pass trick play that gets into the end zone now teams have to be alert for that and maybe it opens up some stuff uh down the line so it's just you know uh, good for him this October is October's a big month for him the whole crucial catch thing and uh you know he's he's taking a big role in that so it's uh, you know I, I think it's that that touchdown was important to him I talked to him after the game and so it's just it's good to see him obviously guy everyone roots for is a local kid so yeah, first touchdown in the Saints uniform that's that's a meaningful one he said he forgot to keep the ball um, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> he just lost. He just completely forgot because now gets his first touchdown.
2: Yeah, but yeah, uh, definitely great to see Foster back in the mix. Love hearing the guy talk. Uh, I feel like he's he's one of those that you you meet and can become instantly best friends with. He's very easy to talk to, you know, easygoing dude. Um, and just man, uh, you mentioned the tight end position. I've been getting a ton of heat from my out of town buddies, you know, fantasy football recommending yeah. on John Johnson. They're like, where the heck is he? That's, that's a great question. I know he's dealing with injury right now, and hopefully he can get back in this mix.
3: Yeah, he got that calf injury. I asked Derek Carr about it. You know, I asked him point blank. I was like, why hasn't the tight end position been more uh, heavily utilized? And he kind of brushed it off. He was like, this is just how games have been going. And it's funny because and he, he makes a good point. It's like he, there he, when he was with the Raiders, everyone was like, well, why are you throwing to Darren Waller 200 times and not the wide <laughs> receivers? You know, so, you know, in that sense, like it, he's, he's got a point. It's like, at a at, there's always one position where you're like, well, why aren't you throwing to that guy? Right. That said, I do think that there should be a bit more investment in getting getting tight ends opportunities. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, not having Juwan obviously limits that, but that's going to, I also told people to draft Juwan Johnson. So it's not my best fantasy take out there.
2: Um, exactly. It was like, oh, he's a stud in training camp. There's so many targets. He was. All right. Two more, two more, and we'll
3: go for first off to Derek Carr. You know, I think he's not going to get a ton of credit for his day and his numbers aren't going to jump off the page, but I think he did exactly what you need him to do. And, you know, he didn't try to do too much. He, he didn't make any dangerous throws. Um, you know, you just ran the offense well, executed in the red zone. If you got that Derek Carr every day, you're winning double-digit games and you're making the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. So, I, I like that. And then the last one, Blake Groupie, as you mentioned, those two kicks from 50 yards. You know, I asked, I asked Dennis Allen after the game. I was like, what's the confidence level in, in Blake right now? Is it very high. Well then why didn't you if you if your confidence level in him was so high all along why didn't you attempt that 54 or 55 yarder against the Bucks I'm sorry against the the Packers. And to me that's like that's the difference, right? Like today you were in a similar position. You were up 21 nothing and you attempted that 54 yarder in the third quarter and it's like against the the Packers you decided to punt. So, you know, that was a decision I was very critical of and I'm glad that they as a coaching staff have, have come to terms with the fact that you got to give him chances and he's very good from 50 plus. I think he's actually better from 50 plus than he is from 40 to 49, (laughs) just generally speaking. And so, yeah, like that was, that was cool. Uh, And then the second one, like I said, it should have been a 47 yarder and they took a delay game for no reason. Um, Either way, you know, good for him. He missed the game winner or the go ahead, I should say, against the Packers, and and there's yeah, you'll give him credit, you'll give him grief for that, but he's perfect otherwise. I think he's eleven for twelve, um, and uh, yeah, there is no there are no second guesses going on in that in that locker room about whether they kept the right guy.
2: I no, I thought that, that was good. it was huge. Yes, uh, you know, watching the game against the the Pats, two fifty yarders plus outside on the road. Sure, it wasn't. I guess you could say clutch scenarios, but it was still big time uh, makes for him for sure. And there was a decent amount of wind, and it was not. And
3: it was blowing sideline to sideline, so which makes it a little more complicated because you do have to play it. Like if it's blowing end to end, it can affect it. But you know, if you're kicking with the wind, you're just you're just pounding it through. And if you're kicking against it, you know, it's really just a matter of making sure you get the right trajectory. When it's going sideline to sideline, you have to actually play it. And so it was good to see him get that done because, like like I said, I don't think he had to deal with that in training camp. We really didn't see any real wind during that entire month. Uh, so, you know, it's just, yeah, obviously I'd still like to see him make a clutch kick because I don't want to, you hope that it's not a situation where he's going to make all of these kicks and then anytime he gets into a clutch scenario, he's going to clam up, right? I don't think that's going to be the case. But until we see it work, you know, until we see him make a clutch kick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wonder and I'm going to be a little stressed out. But yeah, either way, like that's my last stock up player. Um, I don't know if you, if you have any others you want to throw in there, but I'll obviously it's sh- mostly on offense. But yeah,
2: I'll give a shout out to Granderson just for yep. his pressures sack. Um, I think he had three tackles for loss, some hits on the quarterback. Uh, one of those guys that definitely stood out on that dominant defense yesterday as being an aggressor and a difference maker. He forced that interception, that Tyron Matthew interception, right? So yeah, I mean, right. yeah, he
3: should have been on my list. I I left him off, but it's because my expectations for him are so much higher than they were to start the season already. Um And so he, you know, and but he did have a rough game. I think the entire defensive line had a rough game against the Bucs. They weren't able to get home. They weren't able to pressure Baker. That's Mayfield why I mentioned enough.
2: him too because I think he's been on the up yeah. and the down. So he's back on the up.
3: Yeah. And it's 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 funny because like certain quarterbacks, I think, are just a lot better at evading pressure and the Saints just have these kind of big, bulky guys. So when you deal with that kind of herky jerky quarterback, you have to be really on point when you get upfield. And so they were able to do that today. And, you know, when this game actually felt like a game, the defensive line is is what destroyed that for the for the Patriots. Uh, I know Cam Jordan recovered a fumble. I think he he and
2: uh, Tano shared a sack at one point. You know, it was a good day for the defensive line in general. Oh, Roach had a, a pass breakup. Yes. But yeah, like you said, it was nice to see that that front, you know, assert its will, basically. Uh, we, we could face that Patriots offense more often than not. I'd like that. <laughs> Agreed. All right, let's wrap up that segment. we We're going to come
3: back and we're going to do a quick, you know, three down segment. Kind of get into Alvin Kamara has a list, which I find funny. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Neweck. He's Steve Geller. We will be right back. Subscribe.
0: The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.